Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Chris Chapman and I am your host. And this is the podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story, how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we go in today's episode, I want to go ahead and reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people by helping them reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. So if you've not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast and share this episode with a family member, friend, or colleague who you think will get some value out of it. Now on to today's guest, I am sitting down with Josh Kalinowski. He's the CEO of multiple companies, MC Roofing, Legacy Property Management, Man Made, JK Experience, Codwell Banker, Residential and Commercial. He also is a man of faith. He also is a family man as well, where he spends time hanging out with his wife, his four kids, coaching sports teams. He's just all around an epic dude that I'm excited to sit down with today. I was also blessed to be on his podcast and talk about uh, my goals, my dreams, my desires, habits, routines, behaviors, and Josh and I really connected. So I'm super fortunate to have him as a guest on the show today. And uh, finally rounding out about Josh, he also took the time and played some uh, professional baseball as well before he got into business. So I'm excited to dive into it all. And as we like to say here at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Josh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to hop on the Next Level Minds podcast, man. Yeah, brother. Excited to be here with you, Chris. Yeah, man, I'm amped as well because, you know, I was on your show, JK Experience. Yeah. That was an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, and something special about us talking today is you're actually the second person ever that I've done kind of a guest swap with, cool. um, which I think goes to show just how awesome you are. Uh, so I just wanted to shout you out a little bit in front of the listeners like that. I uh, appreciate that. Reciprocity is awesome in life, man. So I'm so glad that I had, was had an opportunity to get you on the podcast. You absolutely killed it. It's been fun watching the uh, the social media blow up with all the comments from your from your podcast with, on our uh, on our show and and uh, man, you had a lot of words of wisdom that you brought to that. So I'm hoping to do you justice. So <laughs> hey, no, I, I definitely know you will. Um, but yeah, man, thanks again, obviously for for having me on your show mm-hmm. and everything. That that was a huge honor. But um, Here's kind of where I want to start at. I was listening to a show that you were on uh, the other day. I actually listened to a few, so I don't remember the exact one, but I know you did mention that you were the oldest of, of six kids. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. So with that said, I mean, what was kind of that that upbringing like in your household and everything? Yeah, you know, I will tell you, um, first of all, my, my folks are amazing people, and uh, oldest of six. However, we did add um, my really good friend, Uh, When I was growing up in seventh grade, he became a part of the family, so that added a seventh. So technically, Adam's older than me, but I still try to claim as the oldest brother of everybody. So, um, but he's a part. He's a part of the family. He's uh, informally adopted in the sense that he never changed his last name. But his children are our nieces and nephews. They are cousins to our kids, and so um, 
he's just obviously him and his wife are just amazing people. And, and we love having them a part of our Kalinowski family. But, you know, interesting, you know, when you, when you grow up with that many kids, uh, life's a little bit different, you know, especially, uh, especially from those that, you know, are just, uh, they don't have any brothers or sisters. Uh, being the oldest, you always have a tremendous amount of responsibilities. I didn't like that. You know, I um, it's not that part of my childhood got stolen, but part of my childhood was definitely having to grow up a lot faster than I wanted to. Responsibilities that, you know, whether it was babysitting, changing diapers, taking care of the kids, or even sacrificing that time with my folks, or even financially what we were able to do because we had so many kids uh, was always kind of a, you know, kind of a crutch in our way. And so I will tell you, I was not always the best brother. Um, I, uh, I I felt like I missed out on a lot of things in, in when I was growing up because with the amount of children that we had. And uh, it wasn't until the latter years. In fact, it wasn't until I signed my professional contract with the Rockies uh, my uh, as, a, as a 19-year-old that I felt like, okay, I can be a good brother now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can be a good brother now. Uh, before that, I will say I don't think I was really that fantastic of an older brother. Do you think that was because you were putting your worth in, in other things or, or what was kind of that like with the journey there? Well, I just don't think I, what I, I didn't like that somebody was giving responsibility to me when I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I had to do certain things that uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, took away from either my friends or the lifestyle that I wanted. And, you know, we grew up, my father with no, with, with no uh, idea that he was actually maybe causing and putting some bad um uh, information in my head of the fact that, you know, like we were poor, we didn't have the money to do this. We didn't have the money to go out and, and buy the new shoes or go on vacations or go out to eat. I mean, dude, I didn't have Domino's until I was 14 years old because wow. we never, we could not afford it. And it wasn't until my aunt came into town and she went and bought us Domino's for the first time. And I'm like, this is like, this is great. This is like crack, man. It's like so good. But it was always because we had too many kids. And so, of course, Mm -hmm. obviously, it was basically the reason why we didn't have money, in my mind, was because we didn't, because we had too many kids. Mm -hmm. And so I correlated the two of them going, well, if we didn't have younger, if I didn't have younger siblings, then we'd have all this money in the world, right? So it was a bad correlation, and I did not do a good job of really understanding, at the end of the day, we were far richer than than I thought we were. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that because um, there's so much more to life than, than money, which I know we talked about a little bit on your show as well. Obviously, yeah. that's a big part of it. But uh, ha, so that Domino's was pretty good, though, right? When your aunt brought oh, it, dude, it was so good. It was so good. It was <laughs> like because you know before that, of course, mom made pizza, and mom was not yeah. a really great cook in the day. And so uh, you know, like we didn't, we got very bland food because we all had different uh, t- different tastes. And so, yeah, when we got that, when we got that Domino's pizza, man, I just was like, what do we have to do to get more and more of this? Because this is awesome. Luckily, little seizures came into our town so you could get like buy one, get one free. And so we could afford that and we could afford breadsticks. And so our whole entire family was eating for like $11, you know, uh, an, an evening or, you know, this is dating me, of course. So you look at Burger King and you could get the 99 cent Whoppers too, right? So, uh, we, we did the best as we could that we could. And, uh, but I most certainly didn't recognize that we were doing the best that we could. Yeah. It's so funny when you're a kid about like what the heck you eat, you know, like looking back on it, you're like, oh my God, how did I, how am I still alive? You know? Yes. That's no doubt about it, dude. How many times I went like in high school and, and, uh, and went to McDonald's for school lunches and the crap that I was putting into my body. But luckily for high metabolisms, the, your body is an amazing, amazing machine. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so you touched on this a little bit. Rockies started at 19, right? Was that when you joined them? 
Yeah, cool. So I know you played uh, until 26. So what, what were kind of those years like? Obviously, you know, seven years, obviously MLB and everything. That's huge. Yeah, I would say think of think of the greatest thing that you could do that you were super talented at, that you could perform at a very high level with other high-level people, high-level quality people. Uh, you had no other responsibilities but just to do that, and they paid you. Just think whatever that would be in your life, and that's exactly what the minor leagues was like. It was awesome. Yes, it was a little bit like Major League. If you ever watched the movie Major League, it was a little yeah. bit like Bull Durham, Bull Durham as well, too. You know, the locker rooms and the things that were going on, the fans, the road trips, all of that combined. I mean, the personalities that you got to put together with, you know, we had people from, we had guys from Puerto Rico. We had guys from Canada. We had guys from Asia. Uh, you know, obviously we had guys from America. And it was just an awesome collection of very interesting cats uh, all collectively trying to go out there and win championships and chase the dream of obviously getting to the major leagues. And so it was one of the greatest moments and times in my life in the sense of being able to have the freedom to do it and not have to worry about the ultimate responsibilities that we most certainly all carry now outside of the game. Mm. No, that's a really good point. I mean, I'm just, my brain's turning on like, what's something I could do that, you know, would just be the yeah. best time, all that stuff. So, yes. um, you made me think of something. You said, you know, you had all these people from all these different backgrounds and everything, right? And like teamwork is super important. Obviously, I'm sure you grew up completely different than maybe some of the folks from Asia or the other parts that you mentioned. Like, how, how did you all kind of just build that culture, build that teamwork with so many different like backgrounds and everything? Yeah, you know, it's so different than it is right now. I think that right now we're yeah. just trying to politically divide all of us because of the color of our skin, because of the background, because of our height, because of male or female. You know, I mean, like it's just it's amazing how divisive we are, we can be. And you know, back in the day, it was never about that. It was like, like I, I'm grow, I grew up in Wyoming. I, I, we never experienced racism in the sense of either because um, uh, we were doing it to somebody or somebody was doing it to us. Like there was never mm. any of that. We had mm. like. I will tell you personally, I mean, like one of my best friends growing up uh, was uh, a black man and he was a black young boy and, and or African-American. Uh, and he was, he was awesome. Like he was a great athlete. I wanted to be around great athletes. Right. And so to me, there was no diversity in color and skin in the sense of like, oh, you can't like somebody because of that. Right. Um, uh, you know, in high school, my one, or not high school, but in college, my best friend was uh, a guy from Georgia and he was an African-American guy and he was awesome. Like, him and I connected, uh, you know, so uh, th throughout our minor leagues, uh, playing baseball, the, I, I tell you, we, like, we loved the diversity of it. We loved like, like the, what they brought because of their, uh, ethnic background. We loved the foods that they had. We loved the, oh, yeah. the different traditions that they had. We loved like, we, I mean, that was the cool thing about it is that because of the diversity, we were opened to so many different ways of doing things and, and, and experiencing life and celebrating life. And, you know, I, I will tell you just a couple, about a couple months ago, um, one of our, we have our, we have a roofing company and, um, Arturo, his daughter turned 15. We went to a quinceañera for the first time in our lives. And I'll tell you, it was the most amazing event to be a part of, to see this 15-year-old girl get showered because of this graduation into uh, to, uh, young womanhood. And my daughter turned to me and she's like, She's like, hey, I want one of these. And I'm like, well, you're Polish, so we're not going to do that. And luckily, we didn't have to spend the, you know, the extreme amount of money that they spend on it. But to be a part of that culture, 
was awesome. And that experience was amazing. And I got to do that and experience that in the minor leagues. And I will tell you, uh, it was, it was an, it was probably one of the greatest things that I still remember to this day of that diversity of what everybody brought to each other. Yeah, dude, I, I totally agree with all that you said, man. I mean, I think, I think people are getting back to that mindset of, Hey, if you're cool, you're a good person, you're putting in the work, I could care less of what you look like. And I think yeah. obviously media thinks complete opposite, but man, I think, I think everyone's getting back to that old school approach that, that you mentioned there, which is nice. Yeah, I think they're getting really tired of the media trying to talk for them. Yeah. I think that they're getting people are getting really, really tired of certain individuals standing there and actually making the divide even bigger and bigger when in all actuality, the majority, the vast, vast majority of people are like, no, I like I want to love my neighbor. I want to uh, appreciate the the person that's going to school, that's sitting in the, te- the desk right next to me. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason for division between the two of us because at the end of the day, we still have a lot in common and we are wanting to go in the same direction in life, which is to go towards success. Yeah, no, dude, the rising tide lifts all boats uh, mentality yeah. there for sure. Um, so you played, what, 19 through 26, and then I know 26, you obviously had a big setback, which I want you to touch on because the main point of this podcast is walk through stories from professionals like yourself, how they got from point A to point B and overcame adversities along the way. So I definitely want you to touch on that a bit. Yeah. So, you know, we all know that, uh, at any point in our lives, uh, things can change. Um, unfortunately we're not always prepared for those moments. Right. And we all deal with, we all deal with tragedy. We all deal with setbacks and failures. And whether it's because of the pandemic that you just went through and your business got completely shut down, whether you went through a divorce, the loss of a loved one, you know, you're going to experience some setbacks. And that's exactly what happened in two. And, uh, when I turned 26 years old, I'd had three shoulder surgeries, one elbow surgery, um, the path that I thought I was going to be taking until retirement and, and retire uh, in uh, San Diego with an amazing career as a Hall of Fame pitcher uh, ended way prematurely than I thought. And so the jersey came off way sooner. And unfortunately, um, not only did I leave the game broken physically because of all of the surgeries that I had, but I left it broken emotionally, broken financially as well, too. And, and came into this world going, okay, what am I supposed to do next? Because I don't know if I'm good at anything. Mm. And that was my destiny. That was plan A for me, right? And so it took me 13 years to really walk that path of, uh, first of all, all the guilt that I, that, I, uh, um, that I took on of not making it, coming back to my hometown, a big fish in a very small pond uh, with my tail between my legs, knowing that I, you know, in my mind, let so many people down. Uh, you know, number one, including my family, that I was supposed to go and bring them along the journey with me and allow them to experience all the successes that I was going to experience. And so there's a tremendous amount of humility that came in that. And uh, what I did was had I, I really walked through that. Now, once again, 13 years, it didn't happen overnight. There was not, it was not an easy path. And eventually I got to the point where I turned 35 years old. I came across a guy named Dave Ramsey. I still have his... Uh, his quote on the side of my uh, my office here, and it, the the quote that really kind of turned a corner for me that was through entre, entree leadership was focused intensity over time multiplied by God equals unstoppable momentum. Mm. And it was like, a, it's, it's just for one reason or another, his messaging and knowing that I could be a leader again, that I could actually have success in my life again, that I could, I could not only reach that potential, but I could pass my previous potential, that put a fire inside of me. And so it really allowed me to start taking at least one step forward, right? One more step forward towards that guy, another step forward. And then by the age of 40, 
I gave myself permission, you know, and unfortunately, I think what ends up happening a lot of times in people's lives when they don't have, when they have these setbacks and they don't know how to move forward, it's because they haven't given themselves permission, given themselves permission to do the thing, to take the step, to take the chance, to to have faith in themselves again, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, at the age of 40, I said, you know, listen, I, I ain't getting any younger. I'm 40 years old. I think I'm officially a man now, and I've got to start acting like it. And so from there on, that actually turned the official tide for me. And I was able to walk into what I believed was the next step of manhood for myself and responsibility, opportunity, and never feeling sorry for myself again for the circumstances that are around me. And it's been a complete game changer since then. Man, I, I love that you mentioned that. And I really felt like I was there in that entire story. So uh, thanks for uh, kind of just painting the picture there for not only myself, but the listeners as well. A um, couple of things I want to peel back with you on that is, one, I know you mentioned uh, what age 26 to 40 is kind of when you were figuring out who you were supposed to come. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what was kind of like those first couple years like I mean I know a lot of people when bad stuff happens they're kind of just pissed off at the world was that was that kind of the mindset you had at the time yeah you know I think what it was is I was so broken um, that uh, when I came back there was there was a tremendous amount of humility that I felt and in humility what ends up happening is I wasn't I was mad at God to be honest with you I was a man of faith I was kind of I was mad at God like why did you take all of this away but I didn't know how to articulate that I didn't know that at the end of the day, the root problem was, I don't understand why it was all taken from me, right? And so what, you know, so not only was I, um, you know, broken in the sense of just having humility in my life, so then I wasn't, I wasn't powerful anymore, right? Uh, I didn't know how to lead in a sense. I didn't know how to lead myself for sure. But then I became, of course, resentful of the game. I was, I became very jealous of other guys that were still playing the game and why they were healthy and why they were able to pursue their dreams. I looked at other people that were successful and became jealous of the fact that they're still on their path of success. And here I am, broken, afraid, insecure, um, and really a shell of a man. And so the first couple of years, I just, I really buried it. I buried it with insecurities. I buried it with um, with alcohol. I buried it with um, uh, some, some sure depression in a sense. But I also... Were, I wasn't willing to deal with it, so I looked in other ways. And so when I got out of it, I actually got right into real estate. 2006, the market starts to boom. I'm starting to have success. I'm having a little bit of financial success, but I was so immature in the sense of the business savviness that I should have been having because I never knew that. I, I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad my last year in, in Pro Ball and still not having a clue of what it meant. Yeah. I mean, I did. I read the whole book and I didn't know how to apply it and I had no clue of what I should be doing with it, right? Because I had no business sense. And so getting into the business world, here I am going, well, what do I do next? And I didn't have the foresight to know that, well, hey, you had coaches every step of the way in order to get you to the next level of baseball. You probably should get a business coach mm. to help you get through all of the unknown. And so I didn't do any of that for a number of years. So it was, I was a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I was a really good guy. I was, you know, you'd like to be my friend. You know, I was that kind of a guy. It was still good. But internally, I was just rotting away. And there was a lot of things that were going on that were hidden from everybody else. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just really curious. And thanks, thanks for elaborating on that as well. I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, you touched on something about, you know, coaches and having a business coach. 
Um, and I know before we even started recording, you talked about this badass thing you're going to this coming weekend that's yeah. really investing heavily back into yourself. So can you just go over kind of the importance of that and what it's done for your business, your career and everything? Because I think a lot of people will spend a couple hundred bucks on the weekend going out for drinks, but then they won't spend a couple hundred bucks back on themselves type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, let me tell you, uh, just uh, the, the, the the pivotal moment for me was um, – it was 2012. Uh, we were going just on the cusp of another bust in our local market. Now, I know the most of the economy was doing great. The, the, the country was doing really good, but our economy started to tailor off quite fast. We had just moved. Um, at this time, I was the broker of a real estate company, and we just tripled the size of our building. So we went from a 4,000 square foot building to a 13,000 square foot building. I kind of went all in knowing this was the future. We were going to make it work. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to like, I'm inspired. I know what to do. And unfortunately, once again, with the tide of real estate market turning, things changed very, very fast. And here I am with about $13,000 in my bank account, which was going to last us about another month and a half when it came to um, uh, paying all of our staff. And uh, I'm like, I need help. I just, I don't know where to turn. And so I actually came across um, a coaching opportunity uh, online. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I think this is it. I got to do this. So I hired this company. I hired the coach and he sucked. He was terrible. And I kept with him for about four months. I got a lot of consulting from my wife and my brother. And they said, dude, you know, the right thing to do is you got to let him go. And then there's a guy that was a guy in my life that was another broker and I'm like, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna invest this money, I'm gonna invest it in him because I know that he can get me to where I'm at. I have so much respect for this gentleman. So, anyways, I approached him and said, hey, listen, I don't know if you coach, but this is what I'm paying. This is what I've got, and I'd love it if you would consider coaching me. And he's like, well, I'm with the same company, but here's the thing, dude. He goes, it's twice as much for me, mm-hmm. and you got to commit to doing this, this, and this. So, you know, thirteen thousand dollars in the bank account. I'm already spending six hundred bucks. Now I got to spend twelve hundred dollars a month. My, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I believe that this is the answer. So I committed to that. Think of that. I mean, I took 10% wow. of the money that was in our account, committing that every single month to uh, having a coach. And I, and so that was the game changer for me. That was when mm. the tide turned. That was when I was solely vested in making sure that my company, myself, my family was going to be successful and push through this hard time. And it wasn't until years later when I was listening to a great podcast from Sharon Srivatsa. He had a guy named Bedros Kulian. And it all kind of came full circle where I had an understanding of really what I had done by making that commitment is they were talking about the importance of masterminding. They were talking about the importance of coaching. And Bedros had made a comment that says, until you're willing to pay and invest in yourself, you'll never, ever reach your true potential. Hmm. And what that means is pay the price Meaning, a lot of us will do the work, but most of the time we don't know what the work is. A lot of us will do what it takes to get become successful, but if we don't know what it takes to be successful, then you're stuck still running in circles. And you have to be willing to pay the financial price for your success in the future, and that means somebody else's time. I'm willing to give you my money in exchange for your wisdom and your coaching and your platform or your connections, Right. And if people would look at it in that sense, that'll open up a completely different realm of possibilities for them. The growth that I've experienced over the last, you know, I'm 45 now, so I would say in the last six years has been 
exponential compared to what my the, the previous 30 years of my life were like, right? And so um, coaching has been the most significant thing that I think that anybody can make as a decision in their life when they're willing to pay the price for it. Yeah, I love I love that you mentioned that. By the way, thanks for elaborating in so much detail there, showing some examples. But I love that you mentioned um, the segment about, you know, people can do the work, but essentially if they're not doing the right work, they're never going to reach that full potential, man. I mean, that, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay. So with your companies right now, I think we touched on this earlier. Uh, you got six of them, right? So it's, uh, MC roofing, legacy property management, and then you got, you know, Codwell banker, residential and commercial. Um, and I know you got man-made, which is super awesome. And then JK experience. And then, um, I know you're doing some stuff with velocity sports as well. So is, is that all six of them or did, did I miss one on, on that? Yeah, list yeah. There? You got them all right okay. there, my man. And then as we've kind of spoke about, we got a couple that we're working on, uh, getting, uh, integrated and up and running, uh, within either the end of this year or hopefully the beginning of next. Cool. So first question I want to ask you with all that um, is, is how do you run it all? And the reason I ask that is because I, I think I touched this on your show. You know, I'm in the full-time career. I run the podcast. I do some speaking. I do some coaching. So kind of just three things. You are, you know, double coming up on triple of that. And my time is already very minuscule. So, so how the heck do you run it all? Yeah. And well, let's also add in here too, just for people understanding, like, it's not like I'm single. I go home at night and I just live in an apartment. I mean, really, I've got an amazing wife. We've got four children, uh, two boys and two girls. They're active in every sport that you can think of. And uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to coach my boys in baseball, football, uh, and basketball. The girls are getting into the age too, where I can start to participate in that as well. So I'm active in all those aspects in their lives as well too. I mean, that is a that's a commitment that I've made as a father and a husband. And my wife and I take time too, by the way. So mm. we're not one of those couples like we haven't been on a vacation together in, in three years. We're, we literally are going on vacations every three to four weeks in a sense because it's that nice. important for our relationship too. Um, so how do we do this? One is, uh, one is uh, first of all, by the grace of God, there's no doubt about that, right? He's got, he gives me a lot of grace in my life. Um, but I've got amazing people that work for our company. And one thing that we've learned to do over the last couple of years, or I've been able very focused on is building leaders within our company. Hmm. And so if you look at it as a, I'm the visionary and I have, a, uh, I have great integrators, that's how we've been able to become successful. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no problems. It doesn't mean that there's not situations where I need to be in there and, and I need to be knee deep with them and, and ha- all hands on deck because those things happen. Right. Um, but because when you when you build leaders and you treat them right and you cast a vision for them and their future and you do the things that help inspire them to create that future with you, you get to allow you allow yourself to have more freedom, thus allows them to have more freedom as well too. And they get to do what they love, which is amazing, right? And so it's so important for you to find those right people in that seat so that you have more freedom in your life and thus you are helping them complete their purpose as well. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I'm reading um, Ed Milet's book right now, Power of One More. H- have you checked that one out yet? No, I've heard so okay. much about it. I just, it's like, I've got like these, these yeah. books that, I, that, that I'm working got. on right now, to be honest with you, as we Dude, finish. It, uh, no two. Dude, it is, it is solid, but um, I'm reading the leadership chapter right now and uh, I'm not going to go over all 11, but one of the main principles he talks about is the best leaders know how to develop more leaders so that they can run their organization and create systems for them, which gives you more time essentially to start more stuff or spend it with your family. Um, so, I mean, just wanted to say you're kind of parallel with 
Ed Milet, the goat over here. So I'm glad you, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, yeah. and then the family thing too. I mean, you didn't leave that out. I like, that's the first thing that you mentioned. I was actually going to ask you about, uh, how the coaching's going. Uh, cause I saw that you coach your, your son's team and everything too. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a whoop band. One of the things that I've, uh, I've done is, uh, we're talking like health and vitality, right? Is, uh, I love the fact that what this boot band does, it allows you to track your sleep. It tracks your stress. It tracks your calories. Um, it tracks, uh, uh, so much of like your like the, the important vital signs of your of yourself, right? And uh, you know, so I'll go do a hard workout, and I'll be at a thirteen and a half with my stress, and then I'll coach one baseball game, and that thing will blow up to like fourteen and a half. So it's a lot <laughs> more stressful to me for me to coach baseball than it is to go out and like do the Murph. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's funny. Yeah, mine's on the same thing. It's like uh, I would be surprised before I got this, like the amount of stuff that actually caused strain and stress that yeah. I thought was was not that much at all. Um, so what, what was the first ever company you started? I mean, I know you started a lot, you have a lot right now. So what was your very first venture? Yeah. First one was real estate. You know, when I came back after, um, my stint with baseball, I became a real estate agent, uh, almost got out of the industry in 2009 when everything imploded. Um, and then ended up starting uh, Coldwell Banker at the end of 2009 and then bought my business partner out in 2012. Okay, cool. So kind of the first thing was real estate and then it compounded into other areas. Um, let me ask you this. So I know a lot of people out there that are listening are, you know, entrepreneurs, maybe starting their first company, second, third, fourth. Um, they have big dreams. They have big goals, they have big visions like, like you and I both do. Um, so would you suggest like you did start from one area like real estate or banking or whatever? And then if you want to start out of the ones, does it have to kind of align with a subsection or could, cause you have a roofing company, which kind of aligns with real estate. So does property management. Like, so let's say you started real estate. Could someone go off and just be like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to go start a supplement company now because I, I like working out. Or would you suggest not doing that? Yeah. You know, I think it's a lot more complicated than just saying yes or no, because mm-hmm. I think one is obviously you have to be looking at where your passion lies. Um, it is hard to serve in two different full capacity jobs. There's no doubt about it, especially if you want to become the best. So I would say that you also have to look at who you're partnering with, who's the person that's going to be leading that ship. You know, if you're going to try to do it all on your own, then understanding like it's taking you this long and it's taking this much of your bandwidth to produce this success in this one industry. Just think about what it's going to take to do it in a completely different industry that's not correlated, right? The thing that we've been able to do and the reason why I love how we positioned our companies is that they all complement each other. And so business begots business. And so what we're trying to do is really look how we can collaborate with each other in order to grow each other's companies and our own businesses and what we can do to provide an even greater service for our clients. And so I think if you can look in those ways and see what they're complementary to the business that you have that are really, really, really good, then look at it. I do love the fact that there's multiple streams of revenue because it also helps you when you're becoming, you know, going through a recession. Not all, the, not all industries are, are, um, are going to go through a recession. Some of them are going to blow up because of the demand and what they service, right? And so I think the diversity, I think, is really, really good and really important. So I think you have to look at that. I think you have to look at your bandwidth, how much are you committed to, what are your responsibilities, you know, what are your ultimate dreams? And here's the thing. It's like a lot of the times the ultimate goal is to get to a, a certain financial freedom in your life, right? And so I think you also have to evaluate as like, okay, so if I – Let's just say I did real estate and I wanted to add another another uh, business. If I if I took the focus that it's going to take to start this second business, if I just took that focus and kept it in real estate, would I be able to grow this exponentially faster and bigger 
than if I took 40% of my bandwidth away from it, right? And I can only get 20% in production. So I think you just have to look at that. I mean, ultimate goal is what? You're, are you trying to get more freedom? Are you trying to get more diversity, more financial freedom in your life? Whatever that is, and figure out, okay, what can I do that's going to be allowing, aligning with my passion as well? Yeah, that's a really good point of having that self-awareness to ask, all right, if I took away, like you said, 40% from this, what would happen to this? Or how could this be created? And I think that goes back to just spending time with yourself, asking what you really value, what you really want. Going back to the original thing we mentioned about you can put in the work, but if you're not working in the right area, then you're not going to reach your full potential. So I love how it all aligns and everything, you know? Yeah. And I think that another thing too that you should consider is look at other people that are in your industry or the industry that you want to be in and sit at their feet, have mm. conversations with them, take them out to, you know, take them out to lunch, ha- take them out to coffee and just pick their brain and figure out because what you'll never like, what you probably don't understand, and there's a reason why they got in the industry. There's something that happened that they put, got in that industry. You know, I got into real estate because my father was a builder. I got in the industry because I didn't know what else I was going to do. It was a very low entry, uh, entry level, right? And I also had inventory. I don't know if I would have got into it if we didn't have inventory. Because real estate is a tremendously hard industry to get started in and to even stay in, Right. So um, I think it's really important for you to look at those that you admire in that realm and sit and figure out, well, how, what has made them successful and why did they get into it? Because they might have had a leg up. They might have had something that you'll never have access to that allowed them to be successful. It'd just be good to know that. Yeah. Or they could just be like, oh, yeah, my dad passed me this uh, this company. And it's like, exactly. oh, well, maybe it was a lot easier for you. Maybe I shouldn't go into something like this. Yeah. So. It's just give you more clarity for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, so let's talk about faith, family, finance, fitness, and, and future. I know mm-hmm. I have my four, which is faith, family, finance, fitness. When I brought that up on your show, you kind of started laughing a bit because it's like, dude, this kind of aligns with what we're talking about. So yeah. can you uh, go over that a little bit more? I think that really aligns with uh, Man Made and, and your group that yeah. you got there too. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, what ends up happening when you're looking at role models is oftentimes you end up finding out that they're just only one dimensional or pop- possibly two dimensional at best. And I know that as I was searching for who I wanted to become, this man that I desired to be, that was successful, that had a great wife, had a great life, had great kids, and all of these aspects, uh, the people that I looked up to oftentimes fell so short of it because. They were train wrecks in these other aspects of life. And so um, the the five foundations became really a stronghold of, okay, is is if I wanted to build myself as a man, um, what are the areas of life that are most important? And so we talk about these five foundations and we talk about them in a very a specific sequence as well too. And, and listen, you don't have to be a man to do this. It also uh, aligns very much with women, but because we're talking man-made and that is our passion, um, you know, it starts with faith, faith in the spiritual aspect of it, faith in a higher being, faith in the fact that you are not the center of the universe, right? And understanding the humility that comes with that. And to be honest with you, the freedom that comes with that. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. thank you. You took off this entire burden off of my shoulders to know that I do not have to have all the answers. Uh, and then from there though, you build that faith within yourself to know that you are powerful, that you are supported, that you can do great things even after tremendous failures in your life. And though it starts with that, if you want to be a great dad, if you want to be a great businessman, it starts with that faith within yourself and also understanding that sometimes you just don't have it. The spiritual aspect is why that's so important as well. And then of course it goes from there to family because we all know there's never been a man alive that I know of that has ever regretted spending more time with their family on their deathbed. 
They always talk about, ah, I just spent too much time at work. I'm so, I, I just, I, I did too many things and I didn't spend important enough times with, you know, my family, my kids and, and those that were closest to me, right? That's what they always regret, right? And so if, if, if that's number two priority, what are you doing to support that? How are you showing them? How are you showing your, your wife that she is so important to your life? How are you showing your children that they are the ultimate importance in your life as well too? And so it's just a great reminder to whatever you're doing, it always goes back to your family. Whatever you're doing, that they are they are the ones that are getting your best in quality of your time, right? So family, of course, number two, fitness. Dude, if you are not like healthy, you're not gonna be around and somebody else is gonna be raising your children. Yeah. Who wants that? You don't, I don't want that. And so if I wanna have the longevity in life, if I wanna have the opportunity to have this great long marriage with my wife and be her husband for 70 years, you know, I've gotta stay fit. I've gotta do my part in this. And so it really helps men to understand why they're eating the way they are, why they're doing physical activity they, they are, why they're taking control of their health and vitality the way that they should be, because they'll ultimately be a much better man for their families, but then, of course, obviously, all those that they serve. Um, from there, it goes into finance, because we also know that finances are super important, right? The, the aspect of earning money, creating wealth in your life, that's a great and powerful tool that we all should be looking at as well, too. Right. And so like there's there's nothing wrong with creating that in your life. You just have to understand the priority of it because you can do great things with money. And I think that good people need to have more and more of it because they do great things with it. Uh, and then the thing that is really like, once again, I think that's a little bit different in that well, a lot of people don't talk about is just the future. Like, why are we doing all of this? Mm. What does the future look like? What does the future you in five years look like and seven years look like and 20 years look like? What are the, like, why am I sacrificing so much of my time now? Why am I working so hard right now? It's because there's a future that you should be looking at, right? Your children's future, your wife's future, your business's future, those that you lead, the future in that. And then, of course, ultimately yourself. So we talk about those five things. So there's always something to be looking at. There's always something that you could be looking at and going, okay, I need to spend a little bit more attention to that. That's a season of my life right now that I'm looking into this chapter, and I need to really work on that area. Dude. Oh my God, that was awesome. I want everyone to go back and just listen at and see what we're at minute 30 on the podcast. So listen from minute 30 to minute 35 every day. I'm going to go back. I mean, that was, I've never heard it explained like that. I mean, I've heard it just lightly touched on, but man, the, the point you made about faith of, you know, faith in a higher power, you know, for, for both of our case, it's obviously God here. Um, but having that faith in yourself too. I mean, that, that's true. I've never heard that aspect. Um, and then man, the fitness side is so important. I mean, you and I both drive there. I, I remember going to a networking event and talking to this guy who was a great guy, right? I mean, he started and sold multiple companies and he was very, very successful financially. Uh, and I will say it was a bit hot in the room we were in, but man, this guy was extremely overweight. He was like in his forties, couldn't even really tuck in his shirt and he was sweating his face off in there. And I'm like, oh my God, like what in the world? And that really made me realize like, wow, I don't want to be in that table at all. We walked up the stairs to go sit down and this man was literally out of breath going up 10 stairs. And I'm like, yeah, wow. I, I feel really bad for this guy because I mean, if he's in his 40s, he yeah. could have 10 years left, but he could not with that type of thing. So I mean, that really painted the picture of me like, oh my gosh, like show up and be the best version of yourself, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely, brother. Um, but yeah, man, that was really solid. Um, so thanks for bringing all that up. Um, last one one thing I want to ask you here, and then I got my final kind of question at the end, but uh, yeah. 
kind of what are some ways you, you fill up your cup daily? I mean, I know you got the five F's, right? But kind of what's your routine like morning, evening, all that stuff? Because I know all that's really important to you. Sure. Yeah. Well, obviously morning routine is huge for me. That's something that I've discovered. And I want to say this is that uh, whatever fills my cup is not going to fill yours. So as you're listening to this, you know, uh, if it's something that you want to try out, fantastic, do it, but don't understand that that's going to make you a great leader. What's going to make you a great leader is you finding your routine, you finding what fills your cup specifically. We are all created uniquely and differently. And that's the amazing thing about us is that we all bring different attributes to life. And so um, it, your job is to test and, and to adjust all the time what brings life to you because what might have brought life to you six months ago might be boredom to you right now. And so I would challenge you that you need to continually look at your morning routine and evening routines. Uh, my morning routine is this, and I follow this really simple formula uh, throughout the day, not just in my morning routine, but every day. So I take a pill every single day. I take what's called the pill. Uh, and the pill stands for, it's an acronym to do something painful every single day. So it's something like, oh, I don't really want to do it. But I know that I have to do something hard today. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? And so I take my ice barrel. I go into my ice barrel every single morning. Um, but I, I don't do it right away. Some people just jump out and they're like, oh, I'm going to take an ice bath. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get into that because I know how much pain that is, right? Uh, so for me, I've got a, what's called super coffee. Um, Sean Stevenson has a great rep- recipe for super coffee. It's collagen. It's, um, uh, let's see what else we got. We've got... Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of everything that's in that thing. Uh, I'll think about it. But it's an awesome coffee that I have every single morning. I've got it all in front of me right here. I can see it in my, I can see it, but I can't say it. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I got you. I've been there. Um, actually, if you go to ManMade, by the way, if you go to man-made.org, you actually get it as your free gift when you sign up. So you can get it. I'll just put a teaser out there. You can get like the, the super coffee recipe. Um, but I do that every, I, I love my coffee. I love the super coffee. It's excellent and it's healthy for you. And um it's, it's really one of the best parts of my day. Obviously, I, uh, I look at the, uh, certain scriptures. I, I memorize a lot of things right now, too. So I'm really looking at what I can memorize that's powerful and meaningful in my life. Um, and then I also, so I go from that, and then I go into the ice barrel. I get out of that, and then I go in. We've got an infrared sauna that I go into, too. Once again, as we're doing all of these things, I'm using multiple aspects of the morning to create a powerful day for myself, Right. And so, um, so once again, powerful, or so I go painful. The next thing is intentional. I do something every single day that's very intentional. How many times have we ended the day and you're just like, I had a full day, but I don't know if I got anything done today. Like I, today was just absolute chaos, right? Following this formula gave me actual purpose to my day and it gave me fulfillment knowing that, okay, I at least did these four things. I did something painful. I did something intentional. I did something lazy. Lazy is super powerful because it's the things that continue to annoy you, that weigh on your shoulders, that, oh, I should probably do this. Or you know that you don't like to do it, but your wife would really like you to do it. Like take the trash out, do the dishes, do something simple as vacuuming, whatever the case may be. Do something every day that you're lazy at and you will build that personal integrity within yourself. And that really helps you become powerful. And then the last thing is that do something every day that you love. Love. Like Mm -hmm. what do you love to do that you are maybe not allowing yourself to do? right? We are so amazingly horrible at celebrating life within ourselves. We'll do it for other people. We'll sacrifice for other people, but we don't spend that time with ourselves. And so I do that every day. For me, it's the noon workout. I love taking time out of my day to do the workout. Physically fit, it helps me burn calories. It helps me wake up. It helps me not eat the cheeseburger. So many positive things, but the most important thing is that I love 
to do it. I look forward to doing it, right? So give yourself permission to do something every day that you love. It doesn't have to be for two hours. It can be for 15 minutes. It can be for half an hour. You get to pick the time amount that is good for you. So painful, intentional, lazy, and loving. And that is exactly what I do throughout the day. It's part of my routine in the morning, part of my routine in the evening. Obviously, there's many multiple uh, multiple things that I layer on top of that, but that's what I would want to share. Cool. When you said pill, I was like, oh, like, is this some like uh, cognitive, like focus yes. thing? Like, what's he taking? Because right. I take Master Brain with uh, First Form. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, which which really helps you focus. It's got all this natural stuff in it. Um, but I was like, man, what is he talking about? But man, so painful, <laughs> intentional, lazy love. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And you just reminded me, I, I am actually supposed to take the trash out after this. So th- thanks for bringing that up. And your that. wife will love you for it. Yes. So appreciate you for it. Your marriage is going to be better for it. Yes. I'll be like, <laughs> hey, shout out Josh for keeping the marriage going strong. Yes, That's funny. exactly. Um, cool, man. So thanks for bringing that up. Last thing I want to ask you, let's say uh, someone's walking on the road uh, in, in your place where you live and they're like, dude. I heard Next Level Minds. I heard you on the episode. That was awesome. Thanks for doing that, blah, blah, blah. But they said, hey, Josh, we got one minute while we're crossing the Cross Rock. I just started my business, man, and I and I want to build my faith, my family. What would you suggest? What, what would you say to that person if you got if you got 60 seconds or less? Oh, man. And they're, okay, and they're, and they're just starting this journey? Yeah, and they're like, man, I, I'm just starting the journey. And, you know, I used to think that it was just business, but, you know, I, I looked at the five Fs that you talked about. I want to keep all of them in mind, and, but I want to grow. You know, I really want to get the business started as well. Kind of, kind of yeah. what would you suggest on that one minute? Yeah, I, I, I would be, I'd, I'd probably ask more questions than I would make statements, yeah. by the way. But I would start off with this, and I would just be like, Chris, who's sitting at your table? Mm. Who's sitting at your table? Like, you want to go do some amazing things in life right now. And you need to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with great people. They don't have to be necessarily coaches right now. Maybe you can't afford that, but you most certainly can have people that are sitting there that are going to help you go through these challenging times that you're about to face. And so make sure that you have people, make sure you have somebody on the spiritual side of life that you can talk to. Make somebody, make sure you have somebody that's business savvy, that knows money, that can help you when it comes to making decisions financially for your, uh, for your companies. Uh, make sure somebody that you have like a, a buddy that is just, that knows you, that knows who you are. Uh, and that can make sure that you get realigned with your values because, you know, you're going to be very, very devoted to these businesses and you might be gone on nights and you might be gone on weekends. Who's going to get you back to who you need to be as a man, as a father and a husband that you know you're committed to that has authority in your life? So make sure that you have people that you have given authority to that can make that can put you on those paths and can open those opportunities for you. I love that. I love having that kind of accountability of, hey, your business just reached this milestone, but what's up with your family and stuff too? You know, that's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Josh, man, this was an absolute you know explosive episode. This is this is a blast. Um, thanks so much again for for being a guest. Last thing I want to ask you is where can people connect with you? I mean, what you got going on? If people want to sign up for Man Made, I feel yeah. like you should write a book. I don't know if you've done that already, but I don't know if you yeah. want to plug anything in the future there as well. So yeah, I love it, dude. Well, yes, I have written a book. It's called Strike Three: What Do You Do When the Game nice. Is Over But Life Is Not? But we are working on book number two. So you can go to joshkalinowski.com and find me there. You can go to Amazon. You'll find the book. Um, the second book, we're really excited about that. We're releasing that the first quarter of next year. It's, uh, the premise of the book is nice guys failed and why good men need to do great things again. So we kind of give you a little bit of a history lesson of what good men have done throughout the past generations and the great things that they were able to accomplish and the step-by-steps of why they were able to do that. 
and hopefully it'll inspire you as a good man to go out there and do the great things that you can do in your life. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I, I do a morning uh, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. Basically, it's called Drive Time. I give you the first 15 minutes of my day, just give you like a quote, a thought, things that I'm challenging myself with to challenge you to do, to think about, to ponder, uh, and hopefully inspire you to go out there and tackle big stuff. And then, of course, Man Made. Yeah, you can go to Man dash made.org and become a part of the private group uh, of men out there that are just absolutely ambitious and they really give a crap about life. I won't cuss. We actually cuss. (laughs) (laughs) And then we do some amazing uh, camps as well too, that are epic. We climbed the grand this summer up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We're going to, we're going to do the uh, uh, grand Canyon rim to rim to rim, which is 48 miles in one day. And uh, so if you like doing hard things, with great men, uh, then you can look at those events and we can get you part of that. And of course we got other opportunities in the group too. So, yeah, you can definitely check off the, uh, the pain on the pill one after doing that hike, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You might be able to do that for a solid month after that event. hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. Josh. Well, uh, have a good rest of your day, brother. And, uh, thanks again for being on the show. Chris, my pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me on. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks again for taking the time to tune into this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Josh on the various social media avenues that are listed in the show notes. And other than that, I hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead.